Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thank you for tuning in as we talk about how to put great leadership into action so we can achieve growth in our organizations. Today, we're going to review the topic of service excellence. Service excellence is always relevant because it's a key factor that sets organizations apart within their industries. Think about your own experience as a customer of a business or as a stakeholder in an organization. It's easy to remember the times when you've been a recipient of exceptional service. Whether it's an extra attentive wait staff being greeted by name or feeling supported, it feels good to get good service. And because we know how it feels to be the recipient of good service, as leaders, we must take initiative to provide it for our stakeholders. And our students, parents, teachers, and communities deserve it. And the relationships we build with them depend on it. To revisit service excellence, we're going to jump back to episodes 40, 41, and 42, featuring Donna Kirby, the Vice President of Experience at the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, a double-A baseball team. I first invited Donna onto the podcast back in 2019 to share how she's created a culture of service excellence within her team and empowered them to practice it with customers. Since service excellence never goes out of style, we'll weave through those past episodes as Donna describes how she transforms customers into loyal fans and shares tactics on how to succeed their expectations. She'll also touch on the important interplay between employee experience and customer satisfaction. As Donna manages an award-winning staff and has helped earn the Wahoos the title of the number one fan experience in minor league baseball, you can see she is uniquely qualified to speak on providing excellent service. And her insights are applicable to anyone serving within an organization or community. In fact, Whenever I find myself in a situation where I need to work on customer service or service excellence, I ask myself, what would Donna Kirby do? Let's jump into part one of the interview. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what your job means to you. Mm -hmm. you. You often talk about how passionate you are about your work. You know, why is this? It's it's uh, not just one answer, you know, but if I had to sum it up into one answer, it's because... I'm part of something that is much bigger than myself, right? We, our mission statement is to improve the quality of life for people in Pensacola, right? Well, um, when we're going through orientation or when I'm talking to my staff during pregame meetings, I always try to connect that back for them, right? So we are at the Blue Wahoos, part of the bigger picture where we are improving the quality of life. And I explain that to my staff by, we have a safe place for families to come, for example, right? They'll come down for a night, um, enjoy the baseball game, maybe have some food. We're creating a product that people are seeking out, right? On the good side, we're making money, but do you know every single penny that is made by the ownership of our baseball club goes right back into the community. So the better job that we do by having more fans come and have a product that is sought after, uh, that improves the, the community, right? So it feels good to be able to be a bigger part of that, you know? Um, creating memories is another really cool thing to be able to do. Mm, there, aren't a, nice. there aren't a lot of jobs, right, that afford you the opportunity to be able to be out there and changing somebody's life. Mm -hmm. And, 
You know, we've had it where um, sad moments and happy moments and reunions, all of that's taken place at the ballpark and, and oftentimes we've got a part in it. So it's neat to be able to be in a position where you can impact people's lives in a positive way yeah. and make it, a difference. You know, I saw an example um, with the first night, uh, one of the fir either first or second night of, of the season this year, you know, we sit right behind Rod and Kathy mm -hmm. and uh, they were such great Pensacola mm -hmm. Pelican fans, yes. you know, and, um, and they're unable to come to most right. of the games now. And I just recognized that that night that you went down and, and spoke to them right. and, uh, you know, just, and I thought, you know what, this is, this is a job for you, but it's really much more about the people that you know and the way that you interact with them. Well, and it's, thank you for saying that. And it's not, it's, um, it's a pleasure to be able to do that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And so to be a part of people's lives. And it's not exclusive to me, my staff as well, right? I, I think it's very telling that our staff goes to weddings of you know fans who come to the game or they're at their kids graduations or unfortunately the funerals that come by you know and uh, our, our staff becomes much more than just the usher of their section you know they become a member of the family and somebody they who's do. very involved we have ushers where if that usher happens to take a night off just for whatever reason they've got family visiting they take a night off they will have season ticket members text them and say, is everything okay? Are you okay? Why aren't you here tonight? You know, and I think that that's very telling as well. It is. That uh, that people really, yeah. you know, gravitate towards our, our staff. It is. And I have, you know, one of the podcast episodes, I have a story where we didn't have Bob that <laughs> night, you know, and, yep. and uh, I sent, we had some email exchanges and my story is how you matured me through my bad email exchanges <laughs> oh, to no. get to a positive outcome. Oh, and yeah, uh, yeah. I said, by the time that I finished, uh, but we finished corresponding with mm -hmm. the emails. I wanted to coach the new person that was in our stands, <laughs> right, right? You know, right. that's helping exactly. us with the usher. So, exactly. you know, just appreciate, um, just to, that, that says a lot about what you all do, you know, that we have those close connections with the employees and we're pulling for them and care Thank about you. them as well. It shows. We yeah. love it. Yeah. So um, tell us, you know, what you find as, you know, just one of the best. You've talked a little bit about the Blue Wahoos organization and, and that and the community impact, which I really love. It's think you can see it in the stands too. I was watching a game or watching the news last night and I saw um, the stands of a baseball park that was empty and mm -hmm. I thought you know what our, we're, we're not empty. I right. mean even in a night where you don't expect that many people you're always going to have fans there. Right. Right. You know so what makes this organization you know just a great organization? You know we're, we're proud of the fact that we're sought after from Major League Baseball teams and Minor League Baseball teams for our customer service experience, our fan mm -hmm. experience. We put such a heavy emphasis on that that uh, it's making the thought process for other teams change as well. We are hosting the Southern League meetings where all of the, the other nine teams, in the, there are ten teams in the Southern League, the other nine teams are coming to us in October. And we did kind of a pre-survey and said, we're creating these two days of meetings for you guys. What would you like to learn during your time down here in Pensacola? And I thought it was very telling that they wanted to learn about how do you improve fan experience yeah. and talk about surveys, right? And surveys are such a large component of what we do. So the fact that, that we have this platform to be able to share what we're doing is absolutely wonderful you know we feel like the reach is great here in Pensacola but it's actually beyond Pensacola and we're changing minor league baseball. You can hear how passionate Donna is about creating a fan experience where all customers and their feedback are valued. Up next Donna discusses how we can be the best service providers and how she maximizes survey results in real time.
Listen for ideas on how you might be able to do something similar. Why do you think service excellence is important to, to any organization, just right. in general? It, it differentiates you from your competition. So having that excellence, having that corner on the market that is just, even if it's just a slight notch above your competition, you're, the consumers that are out there are choosing where they want to spend their time and their money. Mm -hmm. So if you're providing a product that outshines anybody else who is in the running, then they're going to choose you and that's going to lead you to success, you know, in word of mouth spreads. So yeah. people that go to a great organization are going to talk about that. They're, I think the ratio is... Uh, for every positive interaction, they'll tell six friends about their positive interaction, and those six friends will have another and tell their six friends, so it kind of, you know, exponentially increases from there, so. Yeah, and you know, I think it's, I'm, we're finding that more and more, you know, I'm, I'm becoming much more, more passionate about when we do work with organizations, it's really trying to, you know, to focus on, on customers or the service mm -hmm. they provide mm -hmm. you know one of the things that and I don't know maybe not as much in the in the Wahoos but I noticed last week you talked about customer and then you said fan experience mm -hmm. you know so you moved out of the word customer mm -hmm. I get caught up sometimes with people saying you know in education or healthcare or work that we do right. you know they're not cut we aren't serving customers mm -hmm. and so I'm like well then what word do we use right do you ever get that at all we do get that and we get that a lot from newer staff members it truly is the fan experience right so a good example of this is I'll have somebody come up to say come up to me after a baseball game the next morning and say what were our survey results from last night and I'll say you want to know about our fan experience we'll talk about that let's go over the numbers right so survey results are mm -hmm. numbers on a paper, but the fan experience is really taking those numbers and putting them into 3D. Oh, yeah. What are the people telling us? That's our report card, right? Yeah. And if we start thinking of it in any other way than it's the fan experience, then we're going to start backsliding a little bit because numbers can become very static and very um, uninteresting. And the fan experience really drives the memories that we were talking about last episode. I love that. You know, it's it's interesting but for us. We we use surveys in the work that we do, mm -hmm. and um, and it, it, they're hard. You know, mm -hmm. they're hard for people to look at sometimes the results. Sure. But I just love you. Just gave me something to really think about in our mm -hmm. own practice because we tend to look at a survey re results rollout process. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to really think through. How do we use better words? Right. Because we're, we're, we want people to use those surveys to improve right. because we're interested in the fans. Right. That's what I hear you say. Is and that right, Donna? It's absolutely mm -hmm. right. Yeah, and it's from a few different angles, right? Your survey results are a reflection of what that fan's experience was, right? But then also when I'm sharing those numbers with my game day staff in our pre-game meetings that we have, I'll talk about the fan experience based on what the numbers were that were coming in last night because I want them thinking about it's not just survey results, it is a fan experience, and I'm in control of that. I'm in the front lines doing that, right? So we talk about it in very specific ways, and fan experience is one of those. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And so do you look at those survey results on a daily basis, do you all? Around the clock. Around the clock. Literally, okay. there's an app on my phone. Yeah. The very, uh, the, I probably am <laughs> sharing too much information here, but the very last thing I'll do before I go to bed is look at our survey results from the night that we just played the baseball game. We send them out in the seventh inning very intentionally for that. Mm -hmm. um, I'll go back and I'll pull the emails of the fans who have scanned in and who have come to the games, send it out during the seventh inning, and then immediately begin monitoring the feedback that we get. 
if there's any mission critical information that we get back in real time, I will look up where that fan is seated and go to them oh, right wow. then. Because you want to take care of it. I don't want anybody leaving our games angry. I want them to be able to voice their frustration or whatever the in incident was with me so I can recover it at that point. You know? Yeah. Better than having them leave. Even when they leave, we do have a standard that they're, uh, you know, the fans are replied to within 24 hours, and it's much quicker than that. My staff really, you know, gets on it very, very quickly. Yeah. But um, if we can do it in real time and have a face-to-face -face conversation with the fan, I'd much prefer that. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then they come back the next day happy. Right. And they're and not 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 grouchy. <laughs> right. Not grouchy. And more. And, and it's really, mm -hmm. uh, it's really even more than that. It's more than just winning them over. They're actually advocates for you at that point because yeah. they see the level of service that was offered to them and wow they really do read those things we get that comment all the time <laughs> yeah. you guys really read these surveys <laughs> we absolutely thrive on them yeah right? that's great so, donna that's great thank you thanks for sharing that information absolutely you, you've given me something to think about it's clear that donna understands the value of service excellence and practices the strategies to deliver high quality interactions and experiences in our last segment, Donna shares three specific tactics on how to apply service excellence to our organizations and empower our employees to do the same. You know, if you were talking about one tactic that you would recommend um, for us to apply to create a, a great service to our customers, to people that we work with, you know, what, what would that be? Right. Number one, with a bullet, hire the right people. Hire the right people, hire for success, right? We go through um, at the Blue Wahoos, every year we go through our job fairs and we see an awful lot of faces that come through, but very, very few are going to live the standards and going to live what we need them to. We look for that X factor in that employee who really believes and will live the customer service excellence that we put out there. So we'll ask them behaviorally based questions. Tell us about a time when you didn't get along with a coworker. How did you handle that situation? How, what was the outcome? Um, we'll ask them, you know, what's a big challenge that you feel that you have in your life and how are you working to improve that? And things like that. So you're finding the right people. We have very few spots that come open during yeah. the off season, which is, you know, good for us. That's great because we have a lot of institutional knowledge that comes back to us. But we want to make sure that the people that we're hiring will also serve those returning employees well. Um, we'll buddy them up. The new folks that come on board who are selected will be paired with a returning person to show them what right looks like. It's, yeah, you know, one thing great. to talk through it, you know, during a job interview or anything like that. But when you're actually at the game and you've got a question about, hey, how do I answer this fan who had this question or what's the answer to this? They have a person they can go to. If I'm not available, they've got their buddy that they can go to. Yeah. You know, so just as I'm thinking through um, so if, if you are asking one of your questions mm -hmm. and, um, you know, can you give us an example of like what a good answer would be and maybe one that's not such a good answer? Right, absolutely. So a good answer, and I've heard this recently, was the question about can you tell me a time when you didn't get along with a coworker, mm -hmm. right? And the good answer was that, you know, we were, just weren't getting along. There wasn't anything wrong with her. I didn't feel like I was doing anything wrong, but we just felt that tension together. We actually sat down, talked through it, realized that it was a communication issue. Resolved that, okay, I'm going to let you know when we've got this shipment of pallets coming in because I was falling down and not letting her know that was causing frustration on her part. From that moment on, we began working together really well and still learning and developing, but at least we came to some sort of resolution. That was an actual interview answer. I thought, wow, oh, that's, that's great answer. we need you really teaching is. people how to do that, <laughs> yeah, right? Because right. <laughs> nine times out of ten, it's communication anyway. So she hit the nail on the head when she said that, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
a bad, an example of a bad answer, and unfortunately we've heard this too, is tell us about a time when you haven't gotten along with somebody. I just quit. I didn't <laughs> want to be there, right? So that, I mean, that's not the person that you want kind yeah. of diving in. It's not all wine and roses at the games, but we want to have somebody who's going to work through that and get it back to wine and roses for the fan experience so that we're, we're promoting, you know, that we're the best in customer service, so we want that always to be the forefront of our staff. Yeah, and, you know, we, we think about customer service as fan experience, which we've talked about, mm-hmm. uh, and also it's working with their teammates, right? Right, you right, know, And absolutely. having that ability, because they work very closely with All each other, sometimes under some stressful situations. Very stressful, right, and we're here at long hours, right? We'll come in at maybe 8.30 and then not leave until 11 o'clock at night on a game day, mm-hmm. right? So you're there a lot. Oftentimes during the season, we see our coworkers more than we see our actual family members. Uh, game day staff will come in and later, of course, but they're also working very closely together. We just ended a 10-game stretch of yeah. of uh, games, right, and, and then followed by a nine-game stretch. So that's a lot of time together. If they're not communicating, they're not working together, things can start becoming tense and nobody wins from that. Nobody, no, no, the That's fans right. aren't winning, you know, the employees aren't enjoying themselves and we want that. We want everybody to come to work and want to be there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it, so hiring the the right the right person, mm-hmm. hiring the right people. Right. What's the second tactic? Donna? So the second tactic, that reward and recognition, right? So you've got your staff. This is the staff we want. This is the staff that we believe in. We want to keep them motivated and so we set goals for them. So Kind of a a neat thing is midway through the year, if they've hit a certain criteria for the fan experience, we'll give them a gift card at the All-Star break, Mm -hmm. right? And say, thank you so much for a successful first half of the season. Uh, We haven't, we have not not hit it yet, right? So because everybody is so dedicated to to providing that experience. Um, So the reward and recognition comes into play through things like that, a gift card when you know, certain criteria are met. But every single game will take employees up onto the dugout and celebrate great things that they've done. Either uh, we've had a fan write in on a survey and said, oh my gosh, you have to know what Trenisha did for me. My husband spilt his entire meal and (laughs) she ran up and replaced it and made sure he was okay and didn't scrape his knee, you know, so they'll give us specifics. And so I'll celebrate that in front of everybody so that they know, number one, what Trenisha did. She should be, you know, applauded Mm -hmm. for that. But number two, how easy it is to do, you know, to to be able to uh, be recognized for doing the right thing. And that is really, truly taking care of the guests to our living room. We talk about that and and I try to present that to the staff that think of this as your living room. Our stadium is your living room and you're having friends over, right? And I always tell them too that the stadium is concrete and steel. And once they show up for work, it becomes life, right? Uh, yeah. And uh, they take it very seriously, right? Mm-hmm. And that reward and recognition is all part of that. They, they are bought in. They are owners of, of the team. Do you have some organizational goals? Mm-hmm. Like when you were talking about you give the gift card if we hit a, a mm-hmm. certain target. Right. So it, that's a target for your whole team, right? The whole and, team, right. Okay. Yeah, it's individual. Well, it's actually organizationally driven, but then mm-hmm. also de- departmentally driven. So there are two metrics that we use to make sure that we are driving the fan experience the way that we want to, right? The first is the net promoter score. Mm-hmm. The net promoter score is a simple equation of what percentage of fans are promoting you minus what percentage of fans are detractors of you. So the promoters are out there saying, when you go to Pensacola, if you do nothing else, make sure you go to a Blue Wahoos game, right? Those are the people who really, truly believe in you, right? The detractors are the people who are saying, don't waste your time, don't waste your money, it's not worth it, go find something else to do or just stay home, right? So to put it in, to kind of benchmark it for our conversation here, 
Disney, the Ritz-Carlton, uh, Amazon, all trend right around the mid-60s, maybe up to 68 or something like for their net promoter score. We closed last season at an 87.6. Wow. So that is one way to tell us that what we're doing is driving that fan experience, right? Yeah. Remember, like we talked about in a previous episode, was that it's much more than just survey results. It is truly the fan experience when you bring it to life, right? Yeah. Uh, so that net promoter score is one metric that we use. The second is the fan satisfaction score, and that's by department. So on a scale of 1 to 10, tell us how was your ticket taker's friendliness? How was your usher's greeting? How about the food? Did you enjoy the uh, variety on the menu? How about the wait time at the concession stands? So each of the departmental leaders will get the feedback the next day when we come back in and review the results and figure out where do we need to tweak. Now, We'll reply back to anybody who has given us an above average or lower. And it sounds counterintuitive to say above average, you would think that's good, right? But we're presenting ourselves as a world-class experience. So above average is still average, yeah. right? So yeah. that's not good enough. So we'll reach out to those fans and say, glad that you had an above average experience, you know, that, that things were okay, but we want it to be more than okay. What can we do to wow you? And we get that feedback and we'll implement it wherever we can. Yeah and however we can to drive them. That's great. So it's just, just total attention to... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to, and, and really with the individuals you just talked about, like they're almost at the place of really enjoy, totally enjoying their experience. Right. So we just want to get them to that right. to that next level. There, you know, and I'm glad to say this, there are very few detractors. We get them. We're going to yeah. get them all the time. I think the percentage is 8% of any... Mm -hmm. grouping is never going to be satisfied and that's we kind of take that with a little pin in it and mm -hmm. that's good to know but we always keep an eye on that right so we'll get I think on the last survey results I think it was four percent of the people yeah. rated us a six or a lower on a scale of one to ten um, and those are the detractors right it's really the sevens and the eights where we feel like we've got a lot of opportunity there are a lot of potential to convert a seven or an eight just to a nine just to a even. nine yeah you know a nine gotcha. is, is somebody who's going to really believe in our product and that's what we truly want yeah that's it's, great it's great, not great a strategy thank you yeah it's not us just saying let's get a better grade you know it's not that it's mm -hmm. truly taking that feedback and saying hey they're telling us we're not doing something right or we're missing the ball somewhere what can we learn from this fan to drive them to a better place? And it's place. changing our behavior to get to, right. get to that. That's right. great. Yeah. So let's, uh, what's, our, what's a last tactic for us, yes. a third tactic? The third tactic, almost, uh, you know, it, it seems uh, funny to say this, but we empower the employees, right? And the example I'm going to use is what I'm talking about is funny. But we, we empower the employees. Like I said, it's their living room. They're having guests over. They, they're empowered to do whatever it takes to make sure that that fan is having a great time. Are there going to be situations that come up? Uh, sometimes where they need to step out and we need to bring in, you know, escalated, I'll go talk to the fan or, you know, we do have situations where we have to have the police involved, unfortunately, sometimes, but we try to avoid that. But the, it starts with the employee. They are empowered to make any decisions. And what I was laughing about, Janet, is we instituted a policy back, I want to say it was five years ago by now, where every employee has access to a petty cash bag, right? The fans upset about something. Their ice cream. This is a, this is a story that happened. He, he came to the game with his grandson. Right, got the food. The ice cream cone that they ordered just kept melting. Right, <laughs> and whatever reason it was, that pushed him over the edge. He was not having it. Not hearing anything about it. Didn't want anything to do with the Blue Wahoos. I'm leaving. I'm never coming back again because the it was a Sunday afternoon game. It was yeah. just one of these things. I think it just just was had it at that point. Right, <laughs> yeah. and. Uh, so the usher over that gentleman's section came to me and I said, absolutely, you know what, let's go talk to him. And what we want to do is 
pay him for all of his trouble for being here. We bought his ticket, his food, even gave him gas money mm -hmm. for his trouble with coming down to the to the stadium, right? And that all came out of this, you know, allotment that we put out there that's available to every single employee to have that service recovery, right? Well, the reason I was laughing is when we first instituted this policy, I thought, oh boy, we're going to be, you know, you know, yeah. replenishing this every other game and <laughs> what the heck. The first four seasons, we never touched it once. Wow. Not once. Mm -hmm. That's testimony to our staff, our game day staff, mm -hmm. for taking care of situations in real time and recovering those fans and still driving a wonderful fan experience. So empowering the staff story. and knowing that they feel that they have the ability to yeah. fix something well, is and truly you, important. You trusted them to mm -hmm. do that and so therefore they're giving back right. tenfold right right just and they're going to make sure they protect that right that, absolutely that um that resource that mm -hmm. you have trusted them with right well and and it's uh, i think it also speaks to they're taking care of the situation the very last resort is is going into that and you don't we don't want to give the cash away not because of the cash right but because that person is still upset we right. don't want anybody leaving upset right and so that's the only deterrent is because we don't we, we don't want to dip into that bag because it's a thing we haven't been able to handle. Yeah, it's right? the message that yes. you're sending that they're going to really try to do everything right. they possibly can. Absolutely. So we'll give them a card, a business card, and say, mm -hmm. please come back again and give us another shot to show you what right looks like. We'd love it if you gave us that opportunity. And you know what? They always do. I'd like to again thank Donna Kirby for sharing the value of service excellence with us. I got a lot out of this conversation back in 2019, and I got a lot out of it again, revisiting it. I hope you did too. As you go into the next week, consider what she shared with us and think about one way you can continue to implement service excellence in your own organization. If you're enjoying our show, as I hope you did today, please give us a subscribe. We would love to have you come back and listen to us as we release a new episode every Monday. If you're really enjoying the show, consider giving us a five-star review so more listeners can find us. I love connecting with others and having these connections with you. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles framework so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week, everyone.